My dog has been dragging me from the backyard to the front yard because he wants to do his business in the front yard. Does does he not like privacy? I think he wants everyone to know. He's just taking he's taking pride in his surroundings. He wants to show the neighbors his his achievements. He needs everyone to know that he's shitting and he needs to know that everyone knows. Is is this just like a power move? So that, like, you know, everyone everyone in the area just knows who's boss. It's like, me taking a shit, am I human? We're in charge. Is, is that not the fabric of America? You just go and shit all over the place and stand proudly above it and go, this is my <laughs> shit. Bartleby is America. <laughs> He's an old English bulldog and he is America. But I, I think my dog is a psychosexual nightmare. <laughs> it must be some weird freak thing that he's doing. You, you reckon your dog just gets off on it, do you? Is that what's going on? Either that or he's auditioning for a Lars von Trier film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how's everyone doing today? Yeah, I'm alright. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just dealing with the fact that Jim's dog has a scat fetish here and I'm... <laughs> Who who am I to judge? As long as it's you know not on someone else's front lawn, that's their business. It is on someone else's front lawn. It's on my fucking front lawn. <laughs> America. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Is there some way you can trick him into thinking the backyard is the front yard? Like, could you print out a very big like painting? Of, like, the street outside your house so that he thinks he's in the front yard. Oh, Wiley Coyote, that shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Get, get some acne products in. Yeah, put, like, a VR headset on him and, like, make yeah. him think he's in the front yard. Yeah. I could do that. I mean, it might be simpler to just try leading him out the front door and see if he talks me around to the back garden. Phrasing, Jim. Phrasing. Yeah, that's why I said garden. <laughs> Because I realised I was walking myself into a trap. Ah, uh, this is th- this is the video game content that we need and deserve. This is enriching content for the mind and soul and body a bit, I guess. Yeah, make my dog shit in the backyard simulator. Let my my dog shit shit in my backyard, um, <laughs> for 2019 for charity for research. And welcome to Podquisition. I'm Jim Sterling. I'm your host, I guess. Um, I'm a little bit uh, out of sorts. Forgive me. Um, I had a tooth pulled on Monday um, and then just had a a lovely upchuck before bed last night after feeling queasy all day. Felt a million times better after that. It must have been the grapes I ate. One must have been bad. Um, (laughs) I barely ate last, uh, basically the past two days. Um, because you know what they put me on to deal with potential infection or you know deal with the hurty stuff like it makes me not really all that hungry but I did eat some grapes and then I upchucked later that day after watching Alan Partridge all day Um, (laughs) that was my day yesterday I'm also incredibly tired because I stayed up till 2am Monday to um, it would have been then Tuesday to put the Onimusha review up um, even though it's a remaster and it's not that um, super well known these days, and didn't really result in all that many more people's viewing it, so I didn't need to go to bed after two a.m. and then fail to sleep anyway, and then get up like two hours later and then plod through the day until I was sick and went to bed. 
It sounds like you've had a you've been in the wars a bit. It's been a, a tough, yeah. It's been a stressful uh, week of it. All sorts of uh, excitement and things being pulled out of me, or things compelling themselves out of me. Uh, it's a, it's been a whole, and, and my dog pulling me around the front so he can have his shit. Uh, it's been, it's been a bit of a day, um, and, and a few days. Uh, so that's me. Uh, how are you, Laura? Um, I'm pretty good actually. I had a very chill weekend. I've, I, I've gotten into a bit of a nice work groove this week, and I've been, I've been feeling all right with everything I've been doing. It's been a good week. Awesome. How are you, Gav? Mm, I'm I'm okay. I mean, I'm, I've had a good week too. I'm I'm definitely not getting pulled off by dogs while they shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been relaxing, doing some parties, having a bit of a chill time for the first time in eight years, and I really like it. That's good. I envy that. It's 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 kind of getting to the point now where it's like, okay, you have to go back now and do some work. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I had what two weeks over Christmas and New Year's that I took off, and I'm, I'm even though it's going to be a work like a work from home mm. week, I'm having another week off at the end of uh, the end of January. It's nice to actually use some of my holiday time that I have, yeah, and be like, oh yes, I can just relax a bit. Must be nice, yeah. I haven't I haven't done it previously in the however many years I've been doing this. It's been nice to give myself one little bit of a break. You should. People should. We're we're such martyrs to our work. Oh my god. I know. Oh, poor us. <laughs> poor, poor us. us. <laughs> Having to talk about video games. Oh. And I bleed. Oh. <laughs> Should we talk about some of those video games that we have to talk about? <laughs> I have to say, it it was really nice over Christmas to just play a long video game for fun, though. Yeah. And not have to think about anything else other than just having a good time. I, I was having to think about that the other night. I, I played through a game that I deliberately, like, haven't talked in depth about my feelings on anywhere, I don't think, which was um, a game called Florence. And I finished it and I was just like, you know what, this one's for me. It's nice sometimes to just play a game and to not have to have it be work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice when you can manage it occasionally. I think I met some old games. I did, uh, I've been playing The Binding of Isaac a lot again because Afterbirth Plus, I had an issue on my PS4 and it just kept not showing up in the store or anywhere on my account. Mm. And then it finally worked, but I forgot about it by then. So I've just been playing that. Um, I also re-downloaded Far Cry 5 and then uninstalled it again 10 minutes later <laughs> because I was already tired of it. So... I also started replaying an older game this week, and I'm gonna say a thing here. Um, uh -oh. I started replaying Mass Effect Andromeda, and it's not as terrible as I remember it. Did any of us on this podcast ever think it was terrible, though? Uh, I thought it was very mediocre. I really didn't get on with it. I The first time around, I was just like, this is not grabbing me. It felt like... It felt like I was having to push my way through. Mm. Um... Maybe it's because I've played these early sections before and I know what to expect. Maybe it's because I'm not going in with the expectation of, hey, that original trilogy is like one of my favourite sets of games of all time and I, you know, was hoping for it to be that bar of quality and, you know, I don't have that expectation now, but replaying it, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. I f you see, I found with that game that the fact that it was only kind of okay was what frustrated me more than if it was... like. Yeah. With, say, for example, with Fallout 76, 
I played that for one day and knew I never wanted to touch it again. Yeah. Whereas with Oh Jesus! Mass Effect Blandrometer! Ah. Blandrometer. Why didn't I ever use that? Uh, why did none of us think of that? That's our whole thing is is coming up with shitty names. Oh. God damn it. Sorry, Gavin. Sorry, Gavin. That, oh. Oh, that really cheeses my onions. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll continue. Uh, so, yeah, like, I always thought it was just, like, mediocre enough that I just wasn't interested in replaying it. And coming back to it now, because the reason I came back to it was um, me and my fiance Jane have been replaying through the first Mass Effect, which is ropey, but like an interesting, engaging game. And I was like, I'm just, I'm really craving Mass Effect, and I never really gave Andromeda enough time. And yeah, I'm kind of, I'm enjoying the crew members more than I thought, like than I did before. Mm. Granted, I will say. I don't. I still don't like the fact that this game throws you in with these crew members and expects you to just like. It throws you in with crew members that you're supposed to already have a relationship with, and then puts peril on them and goes, "You've known them all of three minutes, but like, be worried about their safety." I I I don't remember really caring about any of them, to be honest. And I especially hated. I think it's because I shot him in the face, guy. So, the the two that I. I really, like, don't like how they handle at the beginning is uh, your dad and your twin brother who they're like, oh yeah, you have a heavily invested relationship in them and now one of them's dead and one's in a coma. Good luck. It's like, you didn't earn that. But, considering I know sort of what these characters on the crew become and I I go in feeling like I know them a little bit already, that, that starkness of throwing new people at me wasn't so bad. I still think the vehicle, their Mako equivalent, is shit, but I like jumping around and shooting things. It would it would have been alright if it had a gun. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It, a, it should have had a gun. And B, why, why do you have to press a specific button to go up even a slight incline? Mm. Why do you have to pl- press the slow you down and increase the attraction button to go up teeny tiny hills? You know what's weird about that, Laura? Yeah. There was a Mass Effect 2 uh, DLC, I think it was, where they had, I think it was called Firewalker or something, where they made a really cool little vehicle. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it, it was fun to control, and you could blow stuff up with it, and I don't know why they never brought that back. I would even say the original Mako was fun, because if nothing else, that thing could drive up fucking sheer cliffs. Like That's a controversial Oh, I know it's a game. controversial opinion, but it had a gun, it had missiles, it could turn pretty well, and yeah. it could jump, and it could drive up fucking vertical walls, and I loved it. And the second I had this new vehicle, that I don't even remember the name of it, I was playing it yesterday. I think it was the stuff you were given to do with the Mako rather than the Mako that gave it such a bad rap. Yeah, the, the Mako itself I enjoyed, but like this new vehicle, I'm just like, you can't go over a fucking rock. What 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 kind of good space vehicle are you? Yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 I've gone from mediocre and like not engaged with Mass Effect Andromeda to this time around being like I actually kind of want to keep playing. Like, I, I had to stop playing to record this. Mm. And I kind of wanted to keep playing, which is a feeling I never had the first time through. Interesting. Yeah, it's... I don't know whether it's the distance or whether it's the fact I've played it before, but 
I'm feeling better about Andromeda. Maybe it's just more complete after all those single player DLCs they promised got released. <laughs> yeah, that's that's possible. Uh, the facial animations still look weird and janky and shit. Yeah, even after being fixed. Yeah, like, they still look bad. Lord, you know what pissed me off in that game? What pissed you off in that game? Apart from everything else was <laughs> the lack of imagination. Like... You go to a completely different galaxy and the first people you find are humanoid aliens with assault rifles. Yeah. Who are basically trying to do the exact same shit the Reapers did. And then you also, of you get to go to like four planets and one of them is a fucking ice planet. Yeah. Two of them are boring ass desert planets. And there's only like one interesting planet, which is the fishy dude's planet yeah like Dra dragon age inquisition which i just played has like 12 diff completely different biomes i i think a big mistake they made was trying to just give you more of that same set of aliens like yeah. i think the interesting thing about going to andromeda would be get to know a bunch of other sapient species out in space because most of the species you meet in Andromeda are relegated to you can't understand their language, shoot at them, and then find out they're evil. Like, mm. most of the ones you actually get to interact with are the species you already know. And, like, one of the really cool things about the original Mass Effect was its wild variety of different alien types. Like, there's a bunch of alien types that were really interesting in the original trilogy that we never get in Andromeda. Like, mm -hmm. give me a team member who's a Hanar. Give me a big stupid jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, give me the big stupid jellyfish. Give me the the big sort of like hairless bear things that are like that that tell you what tone of voice they're supposed to be using as part of their speech. Like, give me some of these species. Give me give me like some I I I don't know. Uh, it, it frustrated me that they relied on what already worked rather than being like, you're in a completely new bit of space, meet some new fucking people. And see some stuff that actually looks like alien worlds and not just Nevada. Well, there's fucking comments about that. Like, the first world you go to, um, one of the crew members can, can make a comment that's like, oh yeah, they have bits like this on Earth, but, you know, we never thought this is what aliens would look like. Mm. But no, it's it's you fucking picked a thing on Earth and redid it. Yeah. But I've I've, I've been enjoying running around the not Citadel, whatever it's called, doing side quests. Yeah. I want more Mass Effect. That's good. I'm gonna say the characters too all felt like lazy. Re like PB is basically a less angry Sarah. Yeah. Like I I didn't like that they retread some of those tropes. Like PB is once again. The Asari on your crew who's really interested in the ancient civilization that are going to turn out to be the villains. Um, and is mainly interested in you because of your connection and your adventures to do with this ancient species. Um, like, a lot of that ground is just retread. She's Liara on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've, you've got another angry male Krogan that's like, I am angry at the Solarians because they killed my people and... My my people get get used by the rest of space, and we're angry about it. like it's the same fucking character. The the Krogan fist fight, the way that was oh animated. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Like, uh, I I don't know how they could have got around this, but because they had these ships take off canonically, I think at the end of Mass Effect Two, before stuff is obviously they did it so that they don't have to deal with the consequences of the end of three affecting this crew, but. It means that, like, a bunch of conflicts that, if you've played all three games, you probably feel like you've 
solved already? Mm. Just come back up and it's like, oh, I guess we're dealing with that again. Once again, the the Krogan don't like the Salarians. Uh, what are we going to do? Yeah. It's fun to shoot stuff and to jump around. I'm just really, I just, I'm thinking of Anthem now and I just, I feel like from what I've seen of the lore and stuff, that's been that whole kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I could call it low effort because they might have put a lot of effort into it. It yeah. just doesn't seem to be much emphasis on. I I watched like ten minutes of a story mission this week on YouTube and was like, mm. it doesn't seem like it's for me. Is anyone all that hyped for it? It's for me again. Uh, they've stopped talking about Mass Effect, so I'm back. It's it's my it's my Pokemon to Gav basically. Um, take a step back. Because uh, I got nothing to contribute. At least you tried Mass Effect. I've never even tried this <laughs> Pokemon. Oh, you'll love it. There's uh, uh, little monsters in it. Mm. That's your thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Anthem. Yeah, like I, they're obviously EA's trying to make it a thing. It just doesn't look like it's gonna be a thing. I, I could be wrong, but I don't feel like there's hype behind it. No. Like I don't feel like people are gonna be queuing up at midnight to get it. No. I have a feeling it'll be one of those it'll sell well enough, but EA will deem it to have not met expectations. Yeah. I worry about it hitting that sort of ballpark, at least. The way I feel when I look at it is I think pretty similar to the way Jim feels about like uh, like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed in that I look at it and I go, yeah, it looks fine. Yeah. It doesn't look broken. It looks like the shooting's kind of good and stuff. And and, and the tri- like the flying around looks like it'd be fun for a while. But uh, I just haven't seen anything that's going to hook me in and make me want to stay in that world yet. I think it's a case of maybe just hitting the market too late, you know, with mm. Destiny out and, and all these live services taking off and this one sort of coming out uh, 2019. I think the Destiny uh, player base is pretty hyped up at the moment about Destiny, so... Yes, yes, that's not going to help. They're looking forward to seeing where it goes now without Activision. Indeed. Spoiler warning <laughs> for what I'm sure is a new story today. And it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't look like the kind of game a lot of Bioware hardcore fans would want over anything else Bioware could do. Yeah. Uh, so that might not help it either. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we shall see. Um, in, in terms of some of those games, a minute ago you mentioned, Gav, uh, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. There's a news story about Assassin's Creed this week that I want to talk about because I'm not happy about a thing. Oh, this shit. Yeah, I saw something about that, yeah. Yeah, I picked up a little of that last night. I'm, I'm going to give the short version of this and try and be, like... My, minor spoilers for the new DLC. It's It's not a huge thing, but, like, skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. Um, your character has to be in a, a opposite paired sex relationship and have a kid in the new DLC. No matter what, what sexuality you've played through the main game, where you have full control over who you sleep with, no, no matter what choices you make during the DLC, you can rebuff this partner at every opportunity... And you will still have to have sex with someone of the opposite sex, which... Did David Cage write this DLC? Yeah, it's... Um, mm, it, it's it's not good. It's not good. I feel like they kind of... They wrote... They kind of fucked up by... um, Like, saying 
that it would always be your choice because in at the end of the day weren't they all weren't they always going to have to do this if this person is like an ancestor no because they've made it canon in the last couple of games that they no longer have to be biologically connected to each other oh really yeah i didn't know that yeah that whole thing like when this series started that it was like you know kids and ancestors that's not a thing anymore like you can now just have assassins in different time periods who just aren't connected to each other. Mm. And even if they were going to say that had to be the case, just make it off screen. Like, you don't have to show on screen that they have a kid. Yeah. Or, you know, Assassin's Creed protagonists are known for hanging out with god, literal gods. So, you know, <laughs> there's lots of ways you can do things. It's very much anything's possible. They don't have to show anything. Um... They could, you know, they're the writers of the thing. They could easily, if it had to be an ancestor thing, like, it doesn't just say something about it doesn't have to be a direct line of descent, you know, just someone on the family tree or something. Like, it's really easy to do that. Did we not learn from the ending of things like Bethesda... Why did I call it? I was going to call it Bethesda 3. The um, Fallout 3 ending. And... um, I guess the Mass Effect 3 ending, although it's been such a long time, I don't remember the details, about how people don't like being told that they've got a load of choice and then the end game be your choice doesn't matter at all. Yeah, especially like when it comes to kids. The last thing I want is kids. Like, I often say in real life, my songs are my kids. And I'm sure Cassandra is like, you know, my bloody tapestries of death on the ground are my kids. (laughs) You know? Yeah, this this is what's this is what's really put me <laughs> off on this DLC is like I I did really enjoy what I played of, of of the new Assassin's Creed and we talked about this the other week. I was very tempted to come back to it like once once some of the patches are rolled out and it's sort of you know getting there a bit. But yeah, everything I've played of Assa- of that Assassin's Creed so far, I played my character as only interested in women mm. and. Very much like a a killer who's like the way I played Cassandra, she would never settle down and have a kid. It's like that's just not her speed. But even the even even the character um the character herself, the way she was written in the game, regardless of any choices and how we played her, felt to me like someone who would never want to do that. Well, exactly. And again, uh, there are certain aspects of the ending of the main game that don't necessarily line up to me with someone who would want to ha- settle down and have a kid but that's the thing it's i don't like the the illu- i don't like the illusion of choice anyway of like you're given options to rebuff this person yeah that's bullshit to do that within the thing yeah yeah it's the it's the combination of you can rebuff this person but you'll still have a kid with them and settle down with them and i don't like any of that implication and pairing that alongside, oh no, you can you can make all your choices about about who you sleep with. We're not going to force any of that on you. Those two are just so diametrically opposed that it's a problem. Well, I think we, you know, it's another good lesson that to certain companies, player choice is just a bullshit marketing term, and they will say it and they will express their desire for it and they will show it off uh, in whatever capacity they have it in for applause on stages and to get glowing previews, and then you know. When and it's something they want to do, they will take the choice away. Yeah, exactly, because I feel like this wouldn't have been an issue if right from the start Cassandra was yeah. this particular character they had written in a particular way to be straight and, you know, have this important child in the story. But Players don't like their player choice being overwritten. Tacking it on in a DLC seems like a really um, 
a really bad choice. Yeah, it for the way I was playing that game, it totally rewrites who my character was and the choices they were making. And yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? Your your character gets retconned. Yeah. Like, I suppose the answer is I will never pick up that DLC and then in my copy of the game, the character remains how I wanted them to, but... The character gets hetconned is what it gets. Yeah, yeah, that's... yeah. Unless they somehow patch this because um, they have really listened to fan feedback in with this game and there's a big backlash over this. Yeah, this is one of those things I, I think there's a... a better than good chance that they will revise this in some way. I don't know the story, but surely um, maybe like they could like just adopt the child in the same way they did with Phoebe? Or So, here's the thing. Even if they made that the case, you would still... The implication would still be that you settled down romantically as a permanent monogamous relationship with this person. Yeah. Like, there's not really any way that I can see that they can rewrite this scene to not be and then your character settled down with this heteronormative partner etc mm -hmm. which is funny because you know when when Ezio did that I was like so happy for him <laughs> well, the difference there is that they didn't spend the whole game telling you you can choose who this character is because like here's the thing if I'd had no romance choices through Assassin's Creed and then this had happened I'd have been like Okay, that's not how I'd have played them, but that's the character. But it's it's leaning into this big RPG thing. Ugh. That's it. People are so used to straight being the default. Not many eyebrows would raise if it was the default. That, to dangle that. I mean, it's essentially a queerbaiting situation. Yeah. Ultimately. Just with a bit more meat on the bait than usual. But I, I saw someone on Twitter talking about it who put it really well, which was... It, it's basically sending the message for people who played their their Assassin's Creed character as gay that, oh no, you're not gay, you just haven't found the right person yet. Like, that's what it comes across as, is, yeah, you can play around having your fun, but when it comes time to settle down, you'll realise that the, the, you know, the, the nuclear family is the way to go. Yeah. It's surprising. It's very surprising, because for all the shit I give Ubisoft, when it comes to trying to, at least in recent years after they cut the bullshit excuses about resources, they have been mm. trying to make a point to be quite progressive and forward-thinking and representative in their work. Um, so it is surprising to see them do this because they, for the past few years they've been imp somewhat impressive about it. I just can't imagine a world in which they play-tested this and not one person went, hang on, I played my character as gay. The fuck is going on here? Am I right in hearing that that they outsourced it? I don't know, honestly. Or or not that they outsourced it, but that it was a different team from the main game. I, I couldn't answer that, but if that's the case that might partially explain it. It doesn't it, it doesn't like justify it, but it, it might um It it might be an explanation, but not an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean someone had to like oversee that and and play through it and be, oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So that's that's my angry rant about that out of the way. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm just imagining the outrage on social media sites if if you had a straight character through the game and then you were railroaded into being gay at the end. Oh my goodness, yeah. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, well, a lot of people freak out when there's just an option for their protagonist to be gay, let alone have it be thrust, and they act like that's being forced upon them, their precious eggshell lives. Um, so yeah, like this is what it's like. 
this is the an actual problem, not the imagined one. Yeah, this this is an actual situation of someone's sexuality being forced upon you. This is what that actually is. Can you imagine if you had like if you're playing Mass Effect three and you were with say I don't know Garrus for like the whole trilogy and then at the end it's like oh yeah no no you're with Miranda now and you had a baby yeah yeah it would be a there'd be a criminal investigation into <laughs> Bioware from the fan base yeah. I don't think there's much else to say on that. I just wanted I wanted to get my bit of an angry vent out on that. No, 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 more than justified. I certainly I I mean I've you know, I try and avoid gaming outrages these days, but I certainly can understand why people were upset about that one. Yeah, I there 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 are a few that get to me these days and this one just just ugh, hit me the wrong way. But um yeah, other other games that maybe haven't made us so annoyed. Jim, you played some games this week. Yeah. What have you been playing? Um, I played Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. I'm super curious about this, because my opinion on this game has gone really back and forth the times I've played it. My, my big concern is I've only played the first world, and I have no idea if it's any good after that. Right. It's... It's basically the same after that. I kept thinking the first level was a joke. That it was like a tutorial thing to show you the moves, and it was just a gag about being in a shitty arcade game. And then the rest of it is still a very mediocre, bland, shitty arcade game. Okay, so I, I have like a couple of questions to just throw you quickly. Yeah. Um, the way this was presented was that the whole deal was going to be each of the the game worlds you go to was going to be a different game genre. Mm. And the way I was picturing that was like, oh, you go to the racing game world, and it's a racing game for a while. Is that not the case? Are you you still just beating stuff up with your laser sword? No. It, it's a lip service. Okay. It's basically the same game, but they would, like, change the camera perspective a bit. Oh. Um, like, the first level is just... You've played it. It's very bog-standard, arcade action. Basically, you hold down the attack button and just run around for most of it. Here's the thing. I played that first level for, like, an hour, and honestly, I was I was into it, dot, 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 on the proviso that this wasn't the whole game. I, I was, yeah. like... Oh yeah, if you give me like three or four hours of this and then, or, or, you know, two, three hours of this and we move on to something thematically different, which is what it seemed to be selling itself as, I'd have been very okay with it. Mm. No, it's, uh, the the second level is basically more of the same, except it's uh, interrupted by a pulled back top-down perspective that is so far back. It's like that, um, that fucking Xbox One game that came out. Um, mm. it's that far, like pulled far away. Uh, and you basically, you hit sign like little symbols to check, like lift up tiles and move roadways oh. to create a pathway for yourself. And, and there's combat oh. on that pathway. That's exactly the same combat. And that's the only thing that's different. Level three, um, takes more of a side scrolling approach. There is some light platforming, but the combat is still exactly the same. Uh, the bike level, uh, um, the biking is awful. It it's not oh. a racing game really. It's 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 basically like a Skelectric. Uh, Skelectric. That's how you say it. Skelectric. Um, and then in between races, it's off for more of the same combat. That's the point at which I said that's enough. I've played enough to give my opinion on the video. I am so bored by this game. I, I I find this so tragically dreary for a game that Grasshopper's involved with. 
Um, it's so uncharacteristically unremarkable uh, that I, I, I can't face any more of it. What makes it worse is each level's gimmick is done to the point of nauseam. The tile-switching tile thing is over and over and over again. The next level is you have to collect... You have to do a uh, platforming level to collect coffee. Then you have to do another platforming level to collect do uh, donut and give it to this person. And then they move. And then you give it to that person again. And then they move and you do the same thing again. Uh, and it takes place across multiple floors through doors in a hotel or mansion that you don't... There are numbers on them, but it doesn't tell you when you've completed them, and so you could forget and do the same level again. Uh, and it just drags the fuck on. The whole game is a drag. Okay, okay. The The only other question I've got is... I, in that first world, got as far as, like, a mid-boss fight, and it was kind of mechanically fun. You'll be fighting that mid-boss multiple times. Okay. There are... There are variations to its attacks, like um, the last time I fought one, it had like missiles and stuff on it. But it's uh, the actual final bosses of each level are about the only highlight. They're still not great. I was gonna say, I, as I understand it, there's no cutscenes, no voice acting or anything around those. No, I mean there's some voice acting like at the beginning of the game and at little tiny points. Um, yeah, I, I've seen the beginning of the game voice acting but like as far as i'm aware the bosses don't have their like cool boss spiels no there's like a live action cutscene or two but the actual boss dialogue is all text uh, text boxes with really obnoxious uh noises like obnoxious simlish um and i don't mind that sometimes with like sims or animal crossing but this is just, yeah. just hor the worst noises and in between levels there's this um it's supposed to look a bit like a text adventure game. Um, yeah. But it's just green text on a black screen in a font that I do not like reading. And it's there's loads of it. And and there's no there's no choices in those. It's it's just reading text. There's no like choices in there, is there? As near as I can see. Like th that's the thing. This is so bland. I keep worrying I've missed something. Like there's some revelation. Like that soda game. Um, and I'll find some some fantastic gameplay hiding as a trick. But is the thing though, like from what I've played, nothing you're saying surprises me because. It seemed very deliberate that they were only showing people that very first world from the game and were generally keeping it to quite short bursts of play. And I was like, that, this is what I said when I, I got an hour with it was, this is okay if. It was a lot of ifs about stuff that they deliberately didn't show us. So I'm not surprised that it's not great. I think about a game like The Hex which did six very different genres using the same control scheme. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I was picturing. Yeah, they couldn't do that with Travis Strikes again. It's lip service, the the best you can hope for are like, what are equivalent to mini games, um, essentially. The thing when they first talked about this game, one of the things they said was like, oh yeah, we're doing collaborations with lots of indie developers. And they didn't clarify until very close to launch that those collaborations were just t-shirts. Yeah. Because what I'd pictured from that, and I think it was a fair assumption to make, was, 
oh, okay, Suda's good at making the, the slash things bit, so we're, that's the Suda bit, and he's brought a bunch of indie devs who, like, here's an indie dev that worked on a racing game to help him make the racing game. Like, that's what I was picturing. I mean, it's an impressive number of t-shirts Travis can wear. Yeah, yeah. Um, a huge list, huge list. You know, I was wearing a Reigns shirt for a while. Uh, I saw a super hot shirt. There's a super cool, there's hot, a cool super um, hot shirt. Undertale, uh, uh, Golf Story, um, all sorts, some unexpected ones. Maybe, maybe if if Suda had spent more of his time making the game and less <laughs> getting shirts maybe. put in it, maybe it would be better. Maybe um, it's it's a shame because I I you know I tend to love Grasshopper's work and even when I don't, like I I did not like Killer Is Dead. Yeah. Um. I th- I thought it was basically Suda high on his own supply at that point. Um. Just really getting off on how weird he was, mm. but it was still at least. There was something remarkable about it, like it was interesting in its, you know, awfulness, but you can't say that about this. It's just bland. It works, it's okay as a as a technical thing, but as something exciting, I just sat there with a poker face the whole time playing it. I'm still gonna try and get code for this because I if nothing else, I miss the character of Travis and I wanna get a little bit of that in my life if I can. Well, you'll get a very little bit of that in this. Yeah. Like, the thing is, I I doubt I will play this through to completion, but mm-hmm. uh, I I might jump in and out of it every now and then for a while and get a ways into it and see what happens. That might make it more tolerable. Like, I, I played some pretty long stretches and I ended every session just exhausted by its dullness. That's the thing is, the, the more I think back on the bit, the bit of it that I've played, I'm like, I could see myself playing this in like 30 minute bursts like just play half an hour over lunch get get through it in a couple of months maybe if nothing else gets in the way i could maybe see this being that game for me for a bit yeah yeah i i don't see myself like sitting down and marathoning through it the way that i did no more heroes and no more heroes 2 yeah i mean it's got real nothing Nothing going for it. I, I, it's painful to say. I just want them to put Shadows of the Damned on Switch. Yeah. Do that. I'm, I'm, I'm just disappointed this game has turned out bad because uh, there were a lot of comments made before this game came out about if this game doesn't sell well, we won't be able to make No More Heroes 3. And I'm like, oh, I want 3. Yeah, I've, I've got issues with that. No game should be leveraged like that. Oh, yeah, no, that's a shitty thing to say. It's a shitty thing to do every time that a developer does it. Was Shadows of the Dam the one with the big willy gun? Yeah. I never played that. Is that good? I thought it... I mean, it's got its pseudory quirks, and there are some weird gameplay designs that can sometimes be a bit annoying. Mm. Um, and like most Grasshopper games, there are like meta jokes that they don't know when to stop. Yeah. Um, which is a big problem with uh, Travis Strikes Again. Yeah. Um, I th- the whole game is that. <laughs> it's It's the way I feel about a lot of their games, which is... Some of my favourite games that I have to recommend with a huge list of caveats. Yeah, like Shadows of the Damned is... Like, ultimately, I, I think it's a great game, but it's not one everyone would get on with. I would die to have it on the Switch again. It, it's, I'd say it's a, um, a very mixed bag of a game that I really love, in spite of all of its glaring flaws. Also very fair. Yeah, very fair to say. Uh, I liked all the uh, Evil Dead references in it. Mm. Um that that 
that's how I get my jollies. Um, and of course, Killer Seven is one of my favourite games. I adored that back in the day. Um, although I had to give it a lot of patience. I hated the first thirty minutes, and so I really got into the swing of it. Um, I was hoping for that to happen with this new one, but. <laughs> Uh, I got my other game, but has anyone got another one to break up the chat? No, but uh, there's 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 one that there's one that me and you have both played, which we can maybe go to next. I want to hear about Gavin's butt. Oh, what's your, what's your butt, Gav? Oh yeah, I didn't play anything this week, but I did watch something, and I wish I hadn't. I watched the second Pacific Rim movie. Yeah, and that that movie is a fucking abomination and shouldn't exist. Really? That sounds Pacific Grim. It was shit enough, and then the way they treat Mako's character is like the worst I've ever seen a popular character be treated in a movie ever. Oh, because I haven't seen it yet. I really like the first one. And it only gets worse from there. The movie is oh. fucking garbage. I'm I'm in a similar spot to Jim in that I really enjoyed the first one, and I, I don't know why, but I just haven't watched the second. Yeah. If you really enjoyed the first one, which I also did, I loved the first one, the second one completely fucking ruins that to the point where it just feels like they wanted to shit all over everything in the first one. It's really weird. Oh, that's oh, I'm that's not good to hear. Yeah. Um. So yeah, game that me and Jim have both played. New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. My N- Nintendo really does. They don't uh, scrimp on those titles, do they? <laughs> no, they do not. Yeah, we both played that. How are you feeling about that one? I got one glaring criticism. The weird little rabbit fucker. Yeah. I'd like an option to play him with his um, benefits turned off. Yeah. Not his, not his money. Um, I mean, his, like, he, he, he ain't working. He needs that money. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like the advantages to playing as him, uh, where he's just basically completely invincible. Yeah. Because I started playing it, and I saw it said easiest, and I'm like, well, it probably just means he's easier to you know he's got some help um but like at least bring him up to toadette's level or give me an option because i want to play as the rabbit fucker but i still want some challenge for myself this this is the same problem i had is even if you're playing in single player um you you P- toadette and and nabbit are two of your four pickable characters but they have difficulty modes associated with them, so you can't pick Toadette without being on easy, and you can't pick Nabbit without being on easiest. I'm glad the modes are there. Yeah. Like, I'm, I I like how forgiving they can be for players who, you know, don't have the requisite skill or physical abilities. But Yeah, but don't tie them to the character. Yeah. Because that's bad enough in single player, because it means you can't pick the character you want if that doesn't line up with difficulty. It's even worse if you play in four player, because the big problem is... If you play in four player, two of the characters will have to play on a lower difficulty whether they want to or not. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it would be better off if you could have, you know, mix and match the options, uh, the characters and the difficulties. Although, I mean, I kind of get, I get Toadette being at least easier because of the, the peach transformation, the peach air. Well, I thought about that, but then I honestly, like, I, I thought about it again in my head. I was like, what if they just made the crown turn you into straight up Princess Peach? Then, literally any character could wear the crown and be Princess Peach. Yeah, actually, very true. There's no reason you had to tie that ability to Toadette, and I get, once they did, it's like, we can't give it to other characters because then we've got to create new princess character models or whatever, but... And then the more they do that, the closer we get to Bowsette, and they're not having any of that. Yeah, yeah. So, that aside, 
Did did you play this game when it was on the Wii U at all? Oh sure, yeah. I I, I had a Wii. I was one of those few yeah. that had it and kept it and played a lot of the uh, games on it. I think I think even I played this game actually. Was it the one where you could turn into a kitty cat and run up the walls? No, no, that was 3D World. This is the one where like a bunch of acorns come off a tree at the start and you can turn into a flying squirrel, I think it is. Yeah. They make a very big deal of those acorns in the opening cutscene. <laughs> it, it's based off the, the 2D, but with 3D uh, visuals and characters and stuff. Um, the new Super Mario Brothers series on the DS. I think I played that one as well. This was the one that I think was a launch day title for the Wii U. I think it was very early. I remember playing it in a bunch of review stuff for Destructoid back in the day. It, yeah, it was right at the birth of the Wii U. And I here's the thing. I went back to it. I, I've always preferred the 3D Mario titles to the 2D ones. But this is a well-made 2D Mario game. Um, I very much enjoy the, the fact that they've bundled in the Super Luigi U stuff. Because I like some good challenging platform levels. Yeah. Well, when they're selling things again, it's the least they could do unless they're Activision, in which case they'll sell back the curved content with a price hike, the bastards, the charlatans, the snake oil sales bastards. Um, but yeah, 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 I'm glad that they've included that and they've added new characters. And I mean, that's I think that's the big thing about the difficulty uh, issue is, you know, I want to play as the new characters. Yeah, exactly. Like, my gut instinct was to go for one of those two because I haven't played them before. Yeah. But I can't play Rabbit Fuck because I, you know, I won't enjoy that difficulty level. I, I, I'm glad the difficulty level's there. Anyone who tries to get me on that, because I've argued in favour of difficulty levels before for many games. Yeah, difficulty modes are a great thing. Just don't tie them to which characters you can use. Also, it bothers me that Peachette can't then pick up the, like, say, Fire Flower power-up. Like, how difficult is it to let Peach throw fireballs? They don't have the resources. They, they drafted in developers from Activision, uh, Ubisoft. That dress looks extremely flammable. Spray it with something un- non-flammable first. Oh, it's fine. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, not sure what else to say about that other than it's, it's, a, it's a good 2D side-scrolling Mario game if you've not played it before. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. It sucks about the difficulty thing, particularly if you try and play four-player, but... Yeah, and it's not a major... It's not like I'm going to storm the gates. It's just I would have liked to have played the rabbit fuck. I'd have liked to have played the rabbit or, or Toadette without without that changing my experience. Because I want a challenge, but I also want to be that character. Jim, between between dog tugs and rabbit fucks today, you're, you're going down a, <laughs> a dark road here. <laughs> I was about to say I'm going down a rabbit hole, but I don't want to uh... compound the issue. <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, you've got one more game that you played this week, haven't you, Jim? Yeah, I'm not an animal sexer. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Uh, Jim, if you have to tell people you're not an animal sexer, it's going to cast suspicion on you. This is how rumours get started. What? I, I have to say I'm not because Gavin's cracking on I am all day. It, it now just sounds like thou dost protest too much. Oh... <sighs> Oh, you got me banged to rights, <laughs> copper. So, other game you played. All <laughs> um, right, yes, only Mission Warlords. Oh, I've been excited about that. It's a it's a remake, isn't it? Mm hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not one of the more flamboyant remakes. It's kind of a more subtle one. Visually, you can look at it and be like, "Oh yeah, that's a PS2 game." 
that that's been given a bit of a gloss so it doesn't look you know horrifying but you can tell um and the the cutscenes in between are all artifacty and like the old resolution and everything um but what stands out is how they didn't need to do much because visuals aside which still look you know especially if you're playing on the switch like i you know that's the version i played it still looks fine enough you can tell what everything is and you can see characters faces um but what what's remarkable is how it holds up like it it's almost 20 years old this game it was out in what 2001 i want to say it still plays really well it's still it's got issues because it it was a a keiji inafune game and he was doing like more traditional action stuff um, almost straightforward action stuff, I should say, um, but using some survival horror aesthetic, uh, and in terms of mechanical aesthetic, in in you know fixed camera angles, uh, the more more tanky controls, stuff like that. Um, in my opinion, the game plays a lot better nowadays with an analog stick and and everything, uh, but that does come into conflict at times with the fixed camera, so things can get a bit wonky. Um, which is true of some, you know, early uh, uh, action games. I think Devil, the first Devil May Cry had that issue as well, um, where they were still trying to blend the two things before they were just like, "Fuck it, just give them the ca- just give them the camera." Um, so yeah, yeah, it's got that issue. But other than that, it's still so fun, cheesy nonsense, but still very fun. Um, just some straightforward hacking and slashing and, and sucking up their souls, which is a really satisfying looting mechanic. Where you just hold down a button and Samonosuke's got this gauntlet and it just sucks all of the floating souls and orbs that are going around in the air and just sucks them into his arm. Um, it, it, there's something just always gratifying about doing that, and it still is. Um, you know, there are some puzzles, because again, it was keeping on with that um, Inafune style. What one aggravating sliding block uh sliding tile puzzle which is just the epitome of fuck off as far as i'm concerned in games Uh, and you got to do that um on a time limit um but other than that it's it's shorter than i remember um i think someone in response to my video said the same thing like it's actually a breeze uh these days if you remember what you're doing um but i think it's cheap i think they're, they're selling it for like maybe 20 bucks um maybe 30 i think it's it's at a budget price of, of some kind um and i th- i think it's well worth picking up uh certainly if you played it before and really liked it uh it holds up it's worth getting uh, but even if you've never played it i think it's it's aged well enough that newcomers will still enjoy it i think so anyway yeah uh, uh oh. do you want to hear a funny news story from ireland that i just saw Let's hear a funny news story from Ireland. A 33-year-old man required medical treatment today at a Dublin hospital after repeatedly injecting himself with his own semen. Oh! <laughs> to, to what end? Oh! What what was he a- aiming for? Waste not, want not? Apparently, he thought it would help him deal with his back pain. What? Yeah. Did he think they'd just swim up and down the spine and keep it, like, upright? <sighs> Who knows what he thought? I just thought that was a funny story. Oh, the, the spermatozoa would build a new life around it and construct rigging like those little builders in Fraggle Rock. 
Fraggle this Rock. Wasn't, this wasn't self-fellatio now. This was full-on injecting it into his veins. Yeah, like like yeah. like the turkey baster in uh, Don't Breathe. So, suddenly Jim's fetishes seem very tame in, in comparison. It's not a fetish. <laughs> it's my dog that likes to shit in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, that's that's pleasant. I'm glad we heard that story today. Yeah. Just just to lift your spirit. Yeah. I, I needed it because I've been watching the news all day today and it's not been positive. Yeah, it's not been fun watching from across the, the, the Irish Sea no, either, no. to be honest. I've, I've, been star- I've been staring at the news today just like... <laughs> yeah, the British news has been making me worried, so I've just been watching American news that because that, that takes your mind off it. American news has completely out onioned itself this week so that was a bit of fun oh yeah the the whole gillette thing and then the whole mcdonald's and the white house thing was amazing yeah i i got i got a bit of video game news for you that that's oh yeah i i find this amusing or interesting as a story yeah um so if you you're still playing black ops 4 currently and you're logged into your multiplayer lobby today you might have been mistaken. You know, you might have been forgiven for mistakenly thinking something was very wrong with your account, or maybe wrong with your friends' accounts, because you were playing Black Ops Four. That's what's wrong well, with it. That's that's the first thing that's wrong. But next to a bunch of like most people's names in matchmaking lobbies were these yellow triangles with an exclamation mark in them. You know, the sort of Uh-oh. warning. There's a big problem. Something's gone very wrong with your account. Sort of looking triangle. Yeah. It's to tell you that you haven't paid for the season pass. Oh my word. But not only that, but they, they display it to the entire lobby. Oh yeah, no, that's what I mean, is not only like do you have one next to your name, everyone in the lobby sees, oh, that person didn't pay for the season pass. That is despicable. Um, So, like, the, the, the reason that this has occurred, and apparently this isn't the first time this has happened, it's just the most egregiously displayed example of this, is... Some of the multiplayer maps in in Black Ops Four are have just been released that are currently only for the season pass people. I believe they come to everyone else slightly later. And basically, if you're in a matchmaking lobby and one of those maps comes up, you're gonna get booted from the lobby and you won't be able to play that match. And you're gonna yell at the people with the yellow triangle of shame. Yeah. So that <laughs> that's that's seems to be the intention is let's encourage the toxic elements of our player base that is despicable they can fuck off yeah the intention seems to be oh no a lot of people in your lobby couldn't play that map so you don't get to play that one you paid for in the season pass why not convince your friends and fellow players to pick up a season pass so that there's enough players to play this map yeah there is no biz people have no business knowing what content you've paid for or not yeah i might have a new video to work on tomorrow you know the funny thing about this story is though people have been taking screenshots of the lobbies and the vast majority of people now have the yellow (laughs) thing yeah this is this is the thing most people who've looked at their lobbies have been like a good 60 70 80 percent of people have this yellow mark i imagine that must be reflective of people who don't buy all the extra content and shit yeah like some people probably still just want to pay $60 and play a damn game. People are going to wear that as a badge of honour now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of games I buy that I don't buy the season pass or the DLC for. I just don't feel like I'm going to need it half the time. If you currently go on the Black Ops 4 subreddit, there are threads of people being like, can we get the yellow the yellow exclamation triangle as like a flare on Reddit that we can have next to our names? <laughs> badge of bloody pride. They should sell the yellow triangle as a, as a red dot site. <laughs> oh, they will. 
Activision will make a thing out of this that they could sell if given half a chance. People have been rallying behind it, and it's at, it seems to, at least from what I saw on that, that subreddit, people are basically looking at this and going, we're winning the war on, my, uh, on, on season passes. They're clearly so desperate for us to buy... Like, clearly no one has bought them, and they're so desperate for us to buy them that they're trying this. Just hold out, don't buy them. They'll go away. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be too sure of that no. per se. I think Activision just wants as much money as humanly possible. If they've already got the if they if they're starting to hit the ceiling on people who are buying season passes, then they'll push to raise the ceiling. I don't know if it's desperation. I, I'm not necessarily saying that they're correct, but I quite enjoy that that has been the perception in the community. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I just think it's amazing that these games are still top sellers every year. Yeah. The, the, the community's just looked at this and gone, yeah, at this point, we're, out of principle, we're just not going to buy it. The greed of these fucking publishers knows no depth. Yeah. The, the, they're making money hand over fist. Like, what was it, two years ago, there was seven billion and change for Activision with half of that being on my transactions and it's just never going to be enough yeah because we're in this horrible unsustainable period of the market uh where unchecked capitalism has led to this if you don't keep a cap on it in some way this is what will happen yeah it's too too big to control and Companies are getting desperate because people, because they make so much money, they're expected to make more next financial fucking turn. Mm. Uh, other than that, couple couple of very quick headlines to finish up with. Um, let me find them quickly. Uh, Catherine Classic came to PC, which was being teased for a little while. Um, good that C- Catherine's on PC, I guess, but it seems very weird that like the new content that's releasing next month isn't included in that. Presumably Sony's, like, paid for that to be exclusive, you would imagine. EA, EA took their Star Wars game out behind the shed and put it down. Yeah, the big open world one got cancelled. Uh, <sighs> I've got a video about that coming on Monday. That That's going to be the Jimquisition, that one. The single player one by, I think it's by Remedy, that seems to still exist. But, like, yeah, the open world one's gone. They got two now. Apparently, uh, according to Kotaku's update, um... They've killed off the big one because it was going to take too long. And now they're trying to get two smaller, quicker games out. So they, I guess so they got fucking something to show Disney for all the money and agreements and exclusivity. Yeah. Disney needs to strip them. That's going to be a big part of my argument on Monday. Their ineptitude and greed have married to create a disaster of a child in their handling of the Star Wars license. Yeah. It's been humiliating. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 you summed it up well, and I think I think that's it for this week. I think that's everything we got on the list. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. We, we lined up pretty much bang on an hour. Go us. We did. We did the thing. We did well. We had a well-made show. Yeah, I think it was a very good podcast as well. Yeah. Slander aside from Gavin, <laughs> and you be aware, I'm well versed in such lawsuits. <laughs> this is uh, revenge for that year I had to endure of people talking about my sick foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, rather a sick foot than a sick everything, <laughs> which is the corner I've been painted into. But, uh, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, uh, as it were. 
Um, right, Laura, how can people see more of your great stuff? Uh, oh, did you get my... I might as well do it now. I can't be bothered to wait until the end of the podcast. Did you get my submission? <laughs> I did. I, I got your, your butts thing, and it is Brilliant. fantastic. I loved it. Thank you very much. For people who are wondering... Go support things I learned from Mario's butt on Unbound because there's an audio version that's also going to happen and Jim's voice is on it. So, like, you know, that's the thing you want to hear. I wrote a little contribution to it. I'm quite pleased with it, if I do say so myself. He wrote a good thing about pig butts and then used mm-hmm. his wonderful voice to, to conjure images of yeah. these pig butts. It's lovely. <laughs> I was about to say I like pig butts and I cannot <laughs> lie, but then I don't need any more fuel for this fire. Oh goodness! Uh, oh dear. Uh, what else? Not me. Uh, yeah. Laura K. Buzz, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, all that shit. I've got a memoir coming out in July. I think it is. Uncomfortable labels. You can pre-order that on a bunch of places. I know it's on Amazon in a lot of countries. Uh, Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We play fifth edition. We I'm on seasons three, four, and five. They're all self-contained stories. Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that's a podcast where me and my fiancé just do silly goofs and voices at each other and have a bit of a giggle and just not take it too seriously. I think that's everything I do at the moment. Good, good. And Gavin, the musician, the minstrel, the weaver of lies, uh, how, how can people listen to your great songs and follow you around? Miracle of Sound on YouTube where you can hear my latest song Jim is a dog fucker Wow uh, <laughs> Wow <laughs> <laughs> You know there's going to be people who are actually going to keep requesting that song now all fucking year Oh god I And now I'm actually imagining you eventually doing it Don't do that I'm going to state unequivocally <laughs> Jim is not a dog fucker I'm being very mean being very mean after everything i said to jonathan holmes like i've it is turnabout (laughs) (laughs) i'm a traitor a filthy dirty traitor (laughs) miracle of sound on youtube miracle of sound on spotify on twitter on instagram and especially on patreon Uh, i want to say special thank you to my patreon followers for last year because it was really cool that you supported because now i've finally almost got my new uh, music studio built so that's awesome and jim definitely does not fuck dogs (laughs) i fucked pogs though you fucked pogs yeah obviously and he probably fucked like skeletons in video games you fuck pogs not hogs Pugs not hugs. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Hashtag pugs not hugs. Come on. Let's change the world together. <laughs> ah. uh, oh, okay, uh, that's that'll do. Uh thank you so much for listening. Thank you incredibly for supporting uh Podquisition and the Gym Position on Patreon. Um that certainly means a lot to me. Um always around tax season, certainly. Uh that's it. We will see you next time. Chungus twenty twenty. Exactly. Mm. Bye. Bye. Bye.